You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 136. In this episode, I'm speaking to Mark Asquith about the essence of a good podcast. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Mark Asquith, who is the host of the 7-Minute Mentor Podcast, speaker and co-founder of the podcast websites. Mark doesn't run his podcast for profit, but more as a way of giving back to the community. But through his company podcast websites, he has a strong opinion of what makes the essence of a good podcast. You'll find links to Mark at signal.com forward slash 136. And there you'll also find show notes of this episode. I'm so excited to be here with Mark Asquith, who I met at the Youpreneur Summit in London. And if you have been following the show for a while, you might have noticed that several of my shows have been with people I met there. It was almost like I was just going to the Youpreneur Summit to meet interesting people. And that's exactly what I did. So Mark has a podcast like myself and a very interesting one. And I wanted to ask him to come on the show to talk about how to do a good podcast. So thank you for being on the show, Mark. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So I always like to go back with people that I have on the show to understand how they got where they are today. So can you bring us at least to the point before you started your podcast and why you started a podcast to where you are today? It's a funny one, actually. I started my first podcast. It was to do with DC Comics, actually. It was a DC Comics show back in the day. And then... After doing that for a little while, I actually started doing a business podcast. Mainly, Well, for two reasons, actually. I was looking for kind of a business outlet that was not part of the business that I had at the time. I wanted to do something a bit more personally branded. And I like talking and people <laughs> seem to ask me a lot of questions. And I wanted to build my network. And so I started a podcast. And it was interesting, you know, that's, I suppose DC got me into podcasting and, and the business side of things took me even further in it. So I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with, you know, I'm, I've done the, the hobby podcast, I've done the kind of businessy, you know, quote unquote work podcast. So it's, uh, it's a nice mix to have done, to be fair. Yeah. So you, uh, when did you start? So I started the, the Two Shots to the Head podcast uh, 2014, early 2014, then started the business one, The Excellence Expected Show. In I launched an international podcast day, actually, on September 30th, 2014. So, yeah, I've been doing it four years, coming up for four years, yeah, which is good. And a little bit before everyone else got into podcast as well. <laughs> Well, before everyone started interviewing everyone else, yeah, those I did an interview show, actually. I did 150 episodes, and I actually stopped doing it because I realized that there were other better people like you doing better interviews than I were doing. And that's when I reinvented it and came up with a series podcast set up and then did the 7-Minute Mentor, the Daily Show. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. That's the good thing about the medium. You can do what the heck you want, which is kind of cool. 
Yeah. So why did you pick, let's say, the seven minute version of basically just you? Well, for two reasons, actually. One, I wanted to do a solo show because there was there's so many people doing interview shows that are better than me. So I thought, look, there's no point in doing an interview show. It's, it's silly to do it. But the main reason was running podcast websites, we've got access to a lot of podcasters and we've got a lot of access to people who listen to podcasts. And very interestingly, what we found was that generally speaking, people unsubscribe to podcasts because they've got too much to listen to. So to fit another 20, 30 minute show into their lives, they've got to displace a show that they're already listening to because they've only got two and a half hours approximately per day that they listen to um, speech-based audio. So, you know, if someone listens to your show and I want them to listen to my show and it's 20 minutes long, they've got to displace your show to get my show in. And unless you do something to them or they get really behind, this is one big reason people do unsubscribe is if they get really behind, they unsubscribe and they'll try something new. Mm. So I thought, well, what can I do to mitigate all those things? Seven minutes a day, you know, the seven minute mentor is very clear. Everyone can fit seven minutes in. You don't have to displace anything. You can just tack seven minutes onto anything. You can skip the outros or the intros of some of the podcasts that you already listened to, and you can fit that extra seven minutes in somewhere. So that was the logic on it, and it worked well mm. and continues to work well. You know, we do a lot of good stuff with it. So it's, uh, yeah, that was the background to doing it. That's why I decided to do that show. Does that lead into uh, your business podcast? You have, uh, you know, not just that as a business, you have several businesses, serial entrepreneur, basically. The reason for doing a podcast was that to bring more business to your podcast websites? No, podcast websites came after I'd started my podcast. Um, it came as a direct result of me setting up my show and just having all these problems and these issues with, you know, I used to own a, a web agency, a digital agency. So, and even, even I found it just a pain in the backside to put a podcast together on that website. So I just thought, well, wait a sec, why can't we just make this easier for people? So podcast websites came very quickly after I launched Excellence Expected. It was an interesting one, you know, it was it was an interesting way of splitting things and understanding that the business followed the podcast. I didn't set up the podcast to create a podcasting business. It just so happened that very quickly we did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was quite, it wasn't fortunate, you know, I mean, we worked hard for it. It wasn't we had the foresight to actually do it and spot the problem. So it wasn't fortunate. It was just nice to have the opportunity and see that problem before anyone else did really. So it was a natural next step, basically, as you had identified mm -hmm. your problems yourself. But the original reason for the seven minute mentor was that to get people then to do some other things with you. Uh, some kind of a coaching or business consulting? No, again, no, not really. You know, I, I make my living from podcast websites. I build that business. That's my, that's my focus is building that business. Excellence expected is just my personal brand. It's just giving back stuff. Yeah, I do some coaching, but it's super limited. Mm. You know, I'm talking, and, and you know, if you can't fit into the schedule that I dictate on that coaching, then you just don't get coached. It sounds really crass and really harsh, but it's because the priority is running the podcast websites business. So no, no, it's, it was set up just to give the value and, and, you know, I enjoy podcasting. So that's why I run that show. So you have basically access and you've seen a lot of podcasts. And mm. let's dive into the actual topic of the show, which is what makes a good podcast, in your opinion? Well, I think you've got to be different. That's the first thing. I'm, you know, I know we're doing an interview now, but you know, so many people are doing interview shows that I think you need a USP. You've got to stand out. Mm. Um, you know, so many people are doing interview shows, and interviewing entrepreneurs like 
I kind of get that, but what's the USP? Because everyone's doing it. Ducker's doing it. Pat Flynn's doing it. John's doing it. Yeah. Everyone's doing it from that level down to anyone that's just starting. So many hundreds and hundreds of people start every month doing that sort of thing. Mm. And it's just it just ends up getting lost in the noise. So you've got to stand out. Like, what's your story? What's your deal? What's your USP? Why should I listen to me being interviewed here versus me being interviewed on eofire.com? What's the difference? Yeah. So you've got to find an angle. That's a big thing. But I think broader... You got to learn to tell good stories. You got to learn to put good context around everything. You got to learn to develop a narrative and start to understand what gets people moving. You know, understand why people really tick. You know, if you think about some of the the non-entrepreneurial podcasts that do really well, they either teach people something very explicit or they tell a story. They make people feel something like serial. You know, it makes people feel sorry for Adnan Syed or not necessarily sorry, but makes them question whether he did it or not. You know, it's a TV show that just happens to be in audio format. It's an old school radio serial. It's why it's called serial. And if you think about the other kind of shows like Law, you know, the Law podcast by Aaron Mankey, he tells stories he'll make you feel things and he crafts a narrative and a 25 minute production might take him weeks to produce and write and edit and and you can't just assume that you can turn on the mic and record Mm. without knowing what you're going to record and what value you're going to bring you know interview shows are fantastic for building your network they are they're wonderful for that but you know is the content right what's the angle of the content what's the story and I think we all just need to be better storytellers that's the secret to a good show Mm. I couldn't agree more with that. But what about the quality? That's one thing. I Before I started my own show, I did Google. I didn't buy an online course or have a coach or anything, but I Googled and read a lot. And one of the things that I remember reading was that you will be remembered for high quality as well. Uh, do you know, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I agree. It can't be that bad. It can't be bad quality. But if someone can't get it to 120% quality, should they not publish it? I'd rather they did publish it and mm. cut their teeth on it and learnt. And, you know, that's like saying, well, you're not allowed to get in a car until you can drive. Well, how do I learn to drive unless I get in a car? You know, you can't, you can't have that. So if, I get the sentiment of you've got to have this pristine audio, but I'd rather you started than... And, and had worse audio than you'd like, then didn't start because you were worried about the quality of the audio. And also people get too hung up on the tech. People get too hung up on the idea that you've got to edit to the nth degree and you've got to take out every background noise and every fault. Like you haven't, like this is life. Podcasting is just life, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah, learn to tell stories, but you don't think badly of a documentary maker because someone walks past the shop making the documentary. You don't think badly of that. I think you've got to find the balance. Don't be upset if you're not NPR level quality, but at the same time, don't record on your built-in microphone on your laptop. You've got to find a mix, you know? That's true. And start before you're ready. Sure. I think everyone who starts out their first shows are not the best, but somewhere, you got to start somewhere. But, you know, when you say there's this sea of podcasts that are doing interviews and when you say you got to have a unique, well, let's say selling point or unique proposition... Do you think that is the key in order to uh, go to the top and be one of the, the uh, let's say, the new and noteworthy of iTunes, which is where people often discover new shows? 
No, I think, you know, iTunes is a largely manual process. There's some algorithmic basis to the rankings, but new and noteworthy is largely a manual process. Um, from what we can ascertain anyway right now, I think that fluctuates a little bit. But I think you've just got to have a good concept that you believe in and that you stick to and that you've really crafted. You know, like, what are you trying to achieve for people with this? What are you trying to achieve for your listeners with this thing? What you're not trying to do is just put out some content and you don't want to interview me and hear me say the same thing that I've said on 10,000 other shows. You know, you, there needs to be a way of getting something from me that no one else has got if you're doing an interview show. Yeah. What's the story that you're going to tell and how are you going to drag those story beats out of me and make me willing to share that stuff? So I think you do have to understand that. And I think a lot of people don't get that. Yeah, how it, you can still do an interview show, but it can still be different because that your story is different. Yeah, you've got to be able to tell a slightly different angle of a story as well if you are if you are able to tell the same story but apply it to a different set of people for example you know that's an interesting way to look at it if you can tell the story that you've told before and you know ultimately you're going to interview entrepreneurs and they're going to tell you the same stuff they've told everyone else but how do you apply that to your audience like what's the extra 10% that you can give them that no one else has given them I think if you can get into that that's where you can actually really do some damage to the numbers. You can really do well and get some solid downloads by saying, do you know what? Here's the thing that everyone always talks about. Here's the thing that this person always talks about. But here's this little extra 10% that no one ever says, you know, mm. the stuff that, that no one ever tells you. If you can get into the mindset and become known for that, I think that stands you in pretty good stead. Yeah, that's very true. So what, besides giving back with your podcast... Do you have a goal in terms of downloads or getting people on your list or any other things that, uh, you know, a lot of us think about when you have a podcast? Well, I'm a little bit different because, like I said, the podcast is not really anything other than value for me. You know, this is the podcast website's business is the business that we really focus on. I mean, you know, my list naturally grows, my download numbers naturally grow just through consistency. And, and yeah, we've got some targets on the email list, but... Nothing really in terms of downloads. I'm not a huge fan of following downloads. I don't think it's healthy because why do you want to build downloads? I don't get it. Like why? I see no reason to do that. You know, if you were, would you rather have a hundred people that will just do everything that you ask of them or a thousand people that kind of might do maybe sometimes once in a blue moon? It's a bit of a misnomer. You know, you build your downloads up, you can get sponsorship. Yeah, you can get sponsorship, but unless you're hitting super crazy mega downloads, you are not living off that podcast. So find another way to take the people that do love you and help monetize them. You know, if there's 10 people that love you, you can probably make a living from those 10. You can. Hmm. So I just find the effort that can go into increasing your downloads can be disproportionate to what you as a host get back. Mm. I'm glad you say this because several of my clients have podcasts and they get pretty hung up on that the downloads are not increasing or it's kind of stuck at, let's say, two, 300 downloads per episode and they're worried and they are then putting some maybe ads together or posts on Instagram or videos and you're saying, just leave it, don't worry about it. Well, no, I think you've got to work at it. But my point is don't disproportionately work at it. Don't spend eight hours a day trying to increase your downloads. Mm. You know, yes, you have to market it. You've got to market everything in this life. That's how it works. We are all marketers. But you can't spend that disproportionate amount of time to get a low number of subscribers back. You have to be consistent. You've got to be consistent. And you can't 
hedge everything on your download numbers. If you've got 50 downloads per week, per episode, so you do one episode per week, and 50 people download it every single week, guarantee within a day, 50 people download it. Podcasters get upset about that, like really upset about that. Mm. And my logic is this. If I said every week I'm going to turn up and I'm going to speak in a room, and 50 people turned up every week, you'd be delighted. Yes. So why do we kill ourselves with a podcast? (laughs) That's a very good analogy. Maybe that's something to remember. And actually, maybe Google a picture of 50 people and, and put that on your screen on your computer to remember that these are actual people. They're the real well, get people. To, yeah, get to know the names. You know, I got a, I've not been too well over the last few days. I've had a bit of a stomach bug and I was recording on my podcast the other day. I don't batch the podcast at the minute. I'll record it every single day just based on what's happening in life. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I will I will be batching it next month, for example. But, you know, I've had so many emails and text messages and Instagram messages and Facebook messages from people saying, are you feeling better? Uh, how are you doing? And this is, these are from people I actually know, like Kipper and Felicia and Raf and and David and all these other people and Tim, these are people that I know that listen to the show and I know them because they listen to the show. Each one of those have listened to the show, sent me an email about something, we've built up a rapport. Who, if I ever need help with anything, who am I gonna turn to? It will be those guys. You know, that is it, it will be those guys. So everyone is a person, that's the thing. They're not just download numbers. Yeah, I think it's keeping it real, understanding that uh... These are people that are giving up their time for something else and listening to your podcast. And we shouldn't worry too much about having thousands and hundreds and thousands and millions. Yeah, exactly. You know, but you can get those numbers, but why would you want them? Do you even need them? Yeah. You know, what would it bring? Yeah. So what's next for you in terms of the podcast websites? So we've got a lot of new product releases this year. Uh, not anything at all that I can even tell you about because it's all very tightly under wraps at the minute. We've got a lot of new podcasting products launching, which are going to help podcasters uh, become more successful. That's our entire goal is to make successful podcasters. So we've got a heck of a lot of that going on. We've, we just continue to do what we do, support people. And, you know, we, we're very much support oriented with podcast websites and that's just what it's about, really, consistency this year, just making sure that we keep doing what we're doing and get the new products out on time and make sure the the best they can be and make sure that they're helping people do what they need to do. Yeah. Well, I thank you for being on the show and talking about good podcast. I really liked the thinking about these are real people and they are giving you time. And just your concept of seven minutes is, is one way of respecting people's time and making them actually sure that they listen to your show. So that's a good idea for someone starting their podcast. It doesn't need to be an hour and it doesn't need to be an interview show. Exactly, exactly. But although what I will say is that when I did the research into what kind of show to do next, people did want deep dive or short form. They didn't want in between. Yeah. They didn't want like 15 minutes. They wanted short hit or they want a deep dive. So maybe an hour is better than 20 minutes, yeah. you know? So that just gonna put that in there because the data that I did research showed that they wanted one or the other side of the spectrum. So it is worth considering and testing. Remember, this is the thing, it's podcasting, you can stop. I did 150 episodes of interview show mm. and stopped, just stopped. And that's and allowed too. <laughs> you can just do whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you for this, Mark. And uh, maybe I'll see you at the next Youpreneur Summit or some other conference possibly in the UK or US. And I wish you best of luck with the podcast websites. Thank you very much. All the best. You're a wonderful host. Thank you for your time. 
Ready to turn your passion into profits? Get free access to the seven stages of a profitable online business by going to signal.com forward slash 136. There you'll also find links to Mark plus show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode. Oh,